Welcome to the PO Forecast with me, Hugh, uh, the official podcast of Pompey News Now. I'm here joined by Matt, finally. Hi, yeah, Hugh, you're right. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter at mcorrick87. Well, hey, couldn't even remember my Twitter tag then. It's been so long, you can't even remember who's got on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, uh, Follow yeah. me at, P- at buckdropuk and follow us at PO Forecast and at Pompey News Now. Okay, cool. Matt's finally here with me. Yeah, Matt. yeah, I finally turned up and uh, made the effort this week. <laughs> His wife's let him out of the box and he's allowed to come to <laughs> put this on together. Yeah, I'll probably get the beating when I get home, but it's worth it. It's worth it to be with you guys and, and chatting Pompey. So, yeah, brilliant. Well, I'm sure she'll appreciate me bringing that up. But anyway, <laughs> moving on, mate. Uh, new signing alert, Ben Thompson. He's yeah. looking good, what do you reckon? Oh, brilliant, mate. Absolutely brilliant. Um, I think... The kind of standout highlight I heard uh, on the weekend on, on social media was that he was one of the best players we've seen on the pitch at Fratton Park in, in quite a few years. So, obviously, unfortunately, I didn't make it down to the game on Saturday. So, um, I've just had to go through uh, social media and word of mouth to, to sort of hear everything about him. But, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with him so far, mate. I think um, you've got to look at the impact that he came into the squad against Oxford. And, you know, we, we've got a solid four, four goals and... Uh, you know, unfortunately, with uh, Jack trying to uh, attempt to become Oxford's new top goal scorer, we uh, conceded. But yeah, well, it was a tidy finish, and we'll go back into that later on. But <laughs> no, he's a great pickup. Obviously, Kenny Jacket gave um, Ben Thompson his debut, I think, at, at Millwall, and uh, he's a player he's familiar with. You know, he's the manager. And did I, think I did I hear rightly, Hugh, that um, Thompson said earlier in the in the week that uh, he nearly signed for us last season. Was that correct? I think that's right, mate. Um, and who wouldn't want to as well? You know, we've all been to the den. I'm sure everyone listening here has been <laughs> to the den. It's a bit of a shithole. Um, ben Thompson coming down to Fratton Park. He's played in front of the fans here, which would be nice to see some nice support. And he, he looks like he's a player who's going to get stuck in there, to be honest. Yeah, and I think with, with the... The, the kind of atmosphere at Fratton Park, I think that's only going to raise his game for him. Obviously, you know, he doesn't probably get that kind of support at the den. We all know, we've all been there. It's um, dead now, isn't it? it? Yeah, I mean, except for the, the kids' corner um, where they like to give it a bit. But other than that, you know, it's been, uh, you know, it's a good thing for him. And, and as a youngster, it's, it's only going to make him better as a player, you know, and, and it's really hopefully going to make us better as a squad this season. So I mean, as well as his engine, which I think, mean, Pompey fans are already loving the fact he gets around the field so much. Quite like yourself, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like to get around, yeah. No, but what it, seriously, I think that his passing is one thing because I think we've been lacking that forward pass. I think when you look at the midfielders, sometimes we've got the quality in midfield, but I've just been thinking, where's that pass coming from? You've got players like Jamal Lowe, Ronan Curtis... Uh, looking for the ball in in those positions in behind Mm. Uh, and Thompson seems to be able to pick up with his head up look and and play that pass out I think that's that's going to be really crucial to us not playing that hoof ball over the top that the fans are getting a bad neck from looking up at the sky (laughs) yeah Um, I mean it it certainly seemed again last night that that was uh, the port of call was uh, the bit of the long ball Um, hopefully um, once once sort of Thompson settles into the squad that'll uh, bring it down a little bit you know get the ball down and um, get those decisive passes that you were talking about earlier nice one so 
I suppose leading into from that Ben Thompson chat, we can look at the new formation that Kenny Jackett's deployed. Yeah, yeah, very successful as well so far. Successful, yeah. Slightly jarring for me since I put out a Twitter poll before this podcast <laughs> asking people to see, you know, what formation we should play. I uh, went 4 2 3 1, 4 4 2, 5 3 1. And I didn't include 4 3 3. Or the Christmas tree. Or the Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's a pretty defunct. I mean, everyone everyone actually went to use four four two. Some smart ass put out four three three question mark. I, I sort of tried to blaze over it, but was that was that a smart ass or was that you just lacking in the technical area there? But I'm forgetting about the four three three that you know is, is clearly so widely used nowadays in English football. Yeah, it's probably my bad. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean four three three is a formation that. I just didn't think Kenny Jackett wanted to play. I thought it was a bit too conservative for what he wanted to do. Uh, I mean, obviously, when you've got people like Jamal Lowe and Ronan Curtis mm. playing either side of a striker, it's, it's, a, it's a formation that can work. There is the temptation, as we saw, and we'll talk about a bit later on against Bristol, to drop that and make it more into a four-five-one. And whether that formation's flexible to play 4-3-3 at home and then 4-5-1 mm. away... Or if it's just basically on I mean, how I think it's, the game. it's adaptable, isn't it, really? I mean, it, you saw it in action last night. You know, it, it was 4-3-3 to begin with. And, you know, instantly Bristol were, were at us, really, from, I suppose, the start, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know. I think I think we had periods in which we looked dominant. Yeah, at the yeah. Start. Of course, we had periods where we we got into the game. We we got the important goal. But I think leading up to that goal, we were a little bit under the cosh. Um, you know, and and to be honest with you, I think once you feel like that could be the, the advantage of the home team getting at you. They've got their fans behind you. I think if you need to, to adjust it into a 4-5-1, I don't see the problem with that, to be honest with you. I think that's why it's such an adaptable formation. I think Curtis actually dropped back and defended fairly well. Mm. I think Jamal Lowe, on the other hand, it struggles a bit to get back. But I think it's not better this season. It's definitely better this season um, in, in his work rate coming back. I mean, again, um, you know, social media yesterday, it, I think people were a lot happier with his defensive responsibilities yesterday, more so than his actual attacking, you know, responsibilities that he, he had yesterday. I think a few people felt like he was making a few sloppy decisions, um, you know, losing the ball a little bit too often yesterday. I think, I think with those sort of attacking players, those flair players sometimes they're going to have a great game and win your games mm. and occasionally they're not going to and they're going to they're going to try something too hard or it's just not on their day but as long as you've got enough of those players in the side that someone can step up and oh, you know really? and when we saw away at Blackpool you know it was Ronan Curtis and then as we're going to talk about in a minute against Oxford it, it was the Jamal Lowe show so yeah should, yeah should we just have a quick chat about Jamal Lowe against Oxford obviously he got two goals what That's thoughts, it. mate? Yeah, yeah. Um, what can you say, really? Um, first goal, just great instinct from him, really. He was in the right place, right time, quick feet, got the turn and, and jabbed that ball home. Um, and as for the for the second, I mean, come on, you know, uh, how many how many sort of better goals have we seen? Individual goals down at Fratton Park in in the last couple of seasons than that. I mean. He picked the the ball up. He was so driven. He, yeah. he ran forward and then finished it beautifully. You know, in my eyes, turned the defender inside out again, which is what Jamal Lowe brings to the squad every single week. As far as I'm concerned, I've 
I think, you know, you, you go back to the so-called Monas when we, we've got Jamal and everyone's going, oh, not another non-league player. You know, we're barely going to see him. He's probably going to go out on loan and then we're going to lose him. And yeah, you know, that does happen on occasion. You know, Nicky Kabamba's an example of that. You know, it just didn't quite work out Missing the song still. Yeah, completely missing the song. But, you know, it's just a case of, he just seems to be proving himself every season at the moment, Jamal Um He gets better and better. And I really expect him to, you know, score a lot of goals this season yeah. to be honest oh he's going to be a, an integral part of the squad this year he, you know he better score more goals than he's got on the back of his shirt which yeah. I think, I think, <laughs> he, I think he deserves the number 10 shirt and I think he's going to put a lot in for us um, yeah moving on other goals obviously Gareth Evans yeah. stepped up in that oh, captain so in the happy. side yeah I mean I, I'm delighted about this move I, I, I think a lot of people have a lot of doubts about Gareth Evans and what he brings to the team. Um, two games, and, and he's pretty much showing everybody what he can do, you know. And and I've never really had too many qualms with him. I, no, I can't be fault in in his work rate. He scores goals. He gets good balls in now and again. I mean, all right, maybe corner deliveries are a little bit, yeah, you know, first man. You. But you know. I think I think with Gareth Evans as well, it's about utilising him in the right way because he's a flexible player who can play different positions. Yeah, 100%. but that doesn't mean that he's going to excel just because you put him in a different position because he's a utility player. No. I think really like against against Bristol in particular, he was he was looking like well. You know, his max wife actually fancies him. But he was looking fit. He was looking. He was looking fit on the pitch, wasn't he? He, well, he was getting. Yeah, you know, he was getting around. We, we, which sort of fitness are you talking about here, Bumps? You know, I mean, is is it the the fitness of he was getting across the pitch well, or you know, were you with my wife on on how attractive he is as a bloke? I'm sure all the uh, female listeners will agree with that one. <laughs> well, there's a reason why he's using all the photo shoots, I suppose, but for the club. But, but apart from that, no, I think he he looks like he's um he's had a pretty good preseason. But he, he was everywhere uh, yesterday, yeah. and that finish was an absolute beaut. Oh, wasn't it? Is it he is, he is right. Feet. Yeah, he is. He is right footed. He isn't is. He? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's on a weaker foot. Yeah, yeah. So you know, he hit that with his left foot. It just screamed into the top corner. Um, I don't think any keeper apart from. Mm. Well, possibly McGilvery could have saved that. Well, yeah, after after MCG's performance yesterday, I mean, and again, that's something that we'll come back to um, in in a little bit. So, yeah, well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves. All right. So in the Oxford game, uh, we we were going to cover um, the 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 beautiful Jack Watmore finish at the end there. I mean that goal. I mean, I can see Jacket was not happy to concede that goal. <laughs> It just reminded me of us playing football together, mate. That yeah, was yeah. with me and Matt used to play centre back together. Uh, the partnership of Steel, people used it to call was, it, yeah, rock yeah. solid at the back. Um, but you know that was a classic. Just smash it in off the shin pad, not oh, looking. Yeah, beautiful. I mean, yeah, I think uh, that's probably going to be on one of those memorable uh, TV programs. Football's biggest bloopers. I mean, that would be definitely one for that. I think Jack, unfortunately, chin up, Jack. It was a good performance, <laughs> mate. Well done. Nice one. Um, so Bristol, it's, you know, if you're a Bristol Rovers fan, I've got to say their fans made some noise. It's you know can be a difficult place to play for Pompey, yeah. and you know we came away with three points, three massive points uh, after I think you know the, the amount of pressure we had on us yesterday. I think that's a, a huge three points. 
Um, Bristol a bit sadder. They've they've only got three points in four games and now sit nineteenth yeah. in the table. Yeah, um, and I mean considering the signings they bought in, um, particularly on deadline day, I, I sort of thought they were going to be a team that would have a good season, at least be you know floating around that top half this season. And obviously, I know we're only four games into the season, so yeah. you can't start you know saying that they're not going to be up there and around there at the end of the season, but. I mean, it, it's performances like that at home. You've you've got to take those chances that they had, you know. And and we sat off them for a while and gave them the space to come at us. Kept giving the ball back, and you know they had the the home advantage. And really, I think you know it, it needs to sort of get out of this trend for them. Otherwise, it's going to be a tough season for for them and Carl Bennett as well. Well, I mean, the bookmakers must have made an absolute fortune because how many Pompey fans bet on Carl Bennett to score against us? Well, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, if I was a betting man, or more to the point, if I had money in my account, <laughs> I, <laughs> think, same here, I think I would have, I would have gone for for Carl Bennett. It just seems like such a trend again. It's something we'll discuss later with the. Uh, he looked dangerous Dundee. to be fair in the game. He had his moments in which you know Pompey was sitting back and, and letting Bennett run at, run at him. Yeah, I yeah. think Clarkey had the best of him. But at the same time, he was dangerous, and you know, I was every time he got the ball in around the box, I'm thinking, is he going to be able to finish? Bit unlike at Fratton Park when he used to try and sort of like hit the the Spinnaker Tower. Yeah, yeah. Well, he definitely did that. I mean, it was a, a brave risk by Tesco putting their their shot right there. <laughs> <laughs> but then saying that, you know, he, he didn't always have the, the car parks on the ground floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's it. I mean, there was there was always one in twenty with Carl Ben. It wasn't. There. I mean, and and. I, I was at the Crowley game um, last was it last season or season before, season before um, when he pinged that one in the top corner to make it 2-0 you know and, and he has that capability I think and obviously I think all you had to do was see the reaction of the Pompey fans um, when, when he left especially for you know how he left um, the disappointment there I think we lost a, a great player in Bristol you know the, the ones that are they'll benefit, sort of from benefit from that especially it. for free it was one of those things that in January I questioned if I'm, if I'm honest I wasn't too happy about why did you give him away to a potential mm-hmm. promotion rival yeah. for, for free yeah. uh, I've just realised that I didn't bother going through the agenda and actually saying what we're doing in the show today. <laughs> uh, obviously, everything we've done already in part one. In part two, we're going to go into our new feature, which is um, now Matt's back. We're going to do the Matt's debate. And then in part three, we're going to preview the Donny game. Yeah, yeah. So um, Matt's debate is, is coming up later. There's a, a, a few topics and obviously uh, read into the to the title of that part of the show if you want. And when we say it, when we say coming up later, it's just going to be in a minute if you're listening to this because we're just going to play a cool sound and then skip straight into that. <laughs> Welcome back to part two of the PO forecast. Matt was just whispering that in my ear in case I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> and it's time for... Matt's debate. That's right, everybody. It's time for Matt's debate, and today's Matt's debate is the Hawkins versus Pittman discussion. Brilliant discussion to have this week. I've got a lot to say on it. Don't know about yourself, Hugh. I've got a lot to say as well. Obviously, there's two different players who play a different style of football. Pittman scored 25 goals, was it? Yeah, 25 last last season, and it was a bit of a shock, I think, for a lot of people when. Hawkins stepped in but he adds a lot to the team so do you want to give a lowdown Matt I know you've got a lot of feelings on Hawkins and, and what he adds to the team oh of course um, I've, so what I've basically been been reading Hugh um, is that a lot of people 
basically um, are saying that it's it's not the sort of football we need to see down at Fratton Park this season. Um, and also, you know, I, I understand that people pay money to go and watch, you know, decent football. And I think yeah, from sure. such a big club, um, we're, we're looking to, to see some attractive football as we did the season we went out of League Two. I think the, I think the following on from that, Hawkins does allow us to play attractive football. And I'm, I know a lot of fans aren't going to agree with this, but by bringing other players into play, we're getting to see the likes of Evans, the likes of Lowe, the likes of, of um, Curtis. Curtis even. Uh, they're actually running with the ball, being in attacking positions where they're enabling them to score. I think the argument is, Hugh, really, and, and I think this is going to be everybody else's argument. Pittman came on last night. Obviously, the tackle was made... By, yeah. by Chris Lyons and it was absolutely terrible tackle Pittman brushed himself down and created the assist for the second yeah it's true um, and I think people are going to be arguing well if if Hawkins can do it Pittman's going to do it as well and, and he proved that last night I just think Hawkins brings that bit more you know stability up front I heard Joe Gallon in an interview stating how important a goal kick can actually be to the to us. Especially you've got we've got McG in, in yeah, the back. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag MCG. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he's he can obviously distribute the ball brilliantly. Hawkins has proven already this season. How many assists is it now? Three, four. He had four, and yeah, he's got four assists in two. Four assists. Games. Obviously, he played a part in the in the first last night. Obviously, I know Curtis flipped that on to to Evans, but obviously the the original goal kicker game, which. Joe Gallon was talking about and I have to admit it did raise alarm bells hearing Gallon saying that, that a goal kick was almost important as a corner because again it's stating hoof mentality um, I think the thing is yeah is that this is first of all I would put this out there this is a good debate and a good problem for us to have when we're worried about who to start up front between the two players who are both playing well couldn't agree both have their both have their you know good points I think at the moment, when we're winning games with Hawkins playing up front, you don't change it. You bring someone on when you need to, and Pittman provide another outlet. I think against Bristol, obviously, it was one of those things in which he came on to an absolute noise of distaste from the Bristol Rovers fans, being a former Bristol City player. I think they got to their player, and he just he just threw threw that tackle in there. Yeah. So you can say two ways. Yes, he may have drawn the red card. Would that have happened against another team where he wasn't hated like a scummer? I don't know. One hundred percent. And and would Hawkins have drawn that red card? You know, I think Pittman came on with with his experience, his knowledge, and again he played a pivotal part in the game last night. Without him flicking the ball on and being in that area again, which Pittman's always got into those areas, which makes him so dangerous. It's just last season the ball was at his feet more often than it was actually being launched up to him. Why? What, what I don't understand I is want why the we ball, argue him. Yeah, but I want the ball into into the likes of Lowe, you know, into the likes of Curtis, into the likes of Evans, you know, close when he plays. But does it I matter want... how that ball gets to them? No, it doesn't. it's coming through through the source of a goal kick to Hawkins or whether it's coming through a through ball by, you know, Thompson. I, I, I can't understand the argument. And I can't understand the slander that, that Hawkins is getting so much. He's had a few chances that he could have converted, and and yeah, that that is that is a thing that he he's no way by the by the finished product at all. Um, and everyone seems to forget he's still young. He's yeah. only had two seasons outside of the national league, so you know again it's stepping out of national league into the football league, um, and and that experience needs to come. But once the ball start coming in. 
to him instead of coming from MCG, they're going to be coming, you know, from a wide position. Hopefully, he can get his head on a he few can get that head well. on, and, and that can bring such a, an important factor, especially at the start of a game. You want to get control of that ball. You need the ball at your feet. You need the the, the ball being passed around, and that needs to happen. And and from what I've seen of Pittman so far this season, I don't think it's quite going to suit his style in terms of starting the game and, and launching balls too. Pittman long. will have his time. And when, yeah. when we need to mix it up, Jacket will know and he'll, he'll change it up. But for now, Hawkins is creating opportunities for others. We're scoring goals. And anyone who thinks we should change that up, in my opinion, is completely mad, mate. Yeah, 100%. Just a quick one. I think we'll just move on quickly. Um, I went out to the uh, <laughs> yeah, to the Utrecht game. I didn't really you know, talk about this before. I was, you know, I was getting my shirt, getting my new Pompey home shirt, and uh, I was having a look around. Afterwards, I just popped outside, and I saw I saw another you know Pompey fan as you do, and you're like, oh, I'm wearing a retro shirt there, wearing the TY, the old TY, old T-Y shirt, shirt yeah. which I thought you know that caught my eye. To be honest, it was um, expecting Merce or Sheringham on the back, hey, once. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. expecting Sheringham, and but this lo- lovely lady, should we say? Um, <laughs> She just like she turned around as a, as a smile politely at her. She turns around and on the back of her shirt she has Mornar across the back of it. Now, the feature I'm... Mornar, everyone. <laughs> now the younger listeners, uh, not sure if you're going to remember this superstar down at Fratton Park, but uh, as far as I remember, I don't really think that was worth it. She's a got shirt. to be the only person who bought a Mornar shirt, I think, out there. Did she buy it when he came in, or? It must have been. I, I generally can't see it being bought for the purpose of either number one being attractive or number two having the ability to light up Fratton Park every week. You know, maybe she's just trying to draw attention. Maybe she's out on the pool and she just thinks, "Hey, this Mornar shirt is going to catch a few eyes." I mean, love to hear if anyone else has a Mornar shirt or an even better story. Tweet us, you know, tweet, tweet us. us straight away. Let us know because photo, please at the forecast. If you've got a shirt which is out of the ordinary. All right, welcome back to part three of the PO Forecast. Uh, we've run over a little bit, so I'm just going to quickly preview the Doncaster game. Uh, Doncaster sitting currently in seventh place with eight points. Obviously, Pompey have an absolutely woeful record of Doncaster. Uh, we played 23 games, won three, drawn seven, lost 13. That doesn't look good at all. Uh, Donny currently sitting seventh. Uh, so far in this uh, in the season, they've won two, drawn one, lost one. Uh, 3-2 win against Southend to start the season away, followed by a home win against Wickham 3-0. Away to Burton, they lost 1-0. And then a home to Shrewsbury, they drew 0-0. They scored six goals, conceded three goals. Uh, man to watch, John Marquis, obviously. He always scores against Pompey, so let's hope that doesn't happen again. Um, Tommy Rhodes got one, Wright's got one. We really need to try and get a result, but it's going to be a tough one. They're seventh, they're just outside the playoffs, and let's see what happens. So we'll leave it at that because it's been way over time already. A shout out to the Pompey Podcast lads who unfortunately aren't going to be carrying on, but lots of respect for those guys, and uh, we're going to be hopefully doing an episode together sometime soon. So cheers for listening, and speak soon. Then I strokes the word